0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Islanders. I am your host, David Lazar. And today we have a very special guest joining us. You're not going to want to miss this interview. This isn't even going to be an interview. It's going to be a fun conversation where we tell some stories and discuss the best player in hockey. This person will tell you. His name is Bathtub Jake. His name is Jake Basile, and he is the founder of the Pelic Posse. Jake, welcome to Believe in Islanders. Thank you. Thank you for having me, David. It's a pleasure to be here. We've done a lot of
1: things together, so proud to see you keep uh, ascending and doing your thing
0: and being uh, along for the ride. Thank you, Jake. And we're on a wild ride right now because we are taking our communities and really building it to a new level. We are hosting an official Pellick posse outing and at that outing fans can purchase a ticket to the January 21st Islanders Coyotes game. It comes with an Adam Pellick cardboard cutout head. It comes with food before the game and it comes with a picture on the ice. And I hear that a lot of people are interested in attending.
1: Yeah, we've had uh, pretty much success beyond what we expected. Uh, you know, for a while, I think it's been something in the back of our heads, something we've wanted to do. Um, it's, it's pretty much a point, it got to a point where it's like, well, what have we been building this all for? If not bring it to, you know, a real life tangible thing. And we've had our success on social media. We feel like we've definitely garnered communities there and and made something special, but now it's time to bring it to the forefront and to really get ourselves out there. And, uh, definitely the pandemic, uh, gave us some missed opportunities to do that. So it really is uh, no better time with the new arena. And just so much excitement towards that. And we've had, like I, like we said, uh, you know, success that we really didn't expect. I remember the first day you said, you know, what if we hit 10 to 15, it'll be a good day. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll be a little bit more ambitious. I'll take 20, 25. And by the end of day one, we were in the fifties and now we're, you know, it's not even, you know, it's halfway into day three and we're well over a hundred right now at almost, you know, approaching the 120 range. So Incredible. There are more spots, the more the merrier. So if you're hearing this, please reach out to me. We'd love to have you there. It's going to be a crazy night. We're just going to go crazy for Pellick, chant his name, and just make it truly a Adam Pellick Appreciation Night.
0: And a big goal that I established when we started this was I didn't want a bunch of college kids going and cheering on Adam Pellick. I wanted families. I wanted a bunch of different diverse groups of people. And we've achieved that goal. We have families, we have children, we have everyone from this Islanders fan base coming together to cheer on Adam Pellick on the special night.
1: I think it speaks to, you know, what, uh, you and I have done on social media and how it's not just, you know, uh, a typical fan thing. It's really about community and it's about an experience and it's not the same group of people doing the same thing. I get, you know, tons of couples, you know, Hey, can me and my parents come, you know, I got to see if my little brother wants to come too. you know, so it's, it's absolutely a family affair. And, you know, just like Islanders hockey is a family affair, this is going to be no different. Pelic Posse is all about community and just having a good time and optimism and stuff like that. So that's, you know, always been at our core. So this kind of fits in perfectly with that and what this night is uh, shaping up to be.
0: And it doesn't just come with a ticket, it comes with an Adam Pelic head. So what is that head? What does that mean to you? Why is that such a special, unique thing?
1: It, it honestly, it, it started with uncle Leo, uncle Leo Kamarov. you know, I, I, uh, I, it's, it's silly, it's goofy. And I definitely wanted to bring attention to it. The first game I did it, which was with uncle Leo. And then, you know, when I started really honing in on Pelik as the guy I was watching him, you know, in that early, early 2019 region, I was like, man, he's really starting to figure out his game. Cause for a while he, you know, had been kind of the scapegoat under, um, general manager Garth snow. And, you know, he wasn't getting a ton of credit. And I was like, ah, it's kind of interesting. You know, he's been playing really well. And then, you know, come playoffs that year, the 2019 sweep of the Pittsburgh Penguins, he was out there every shift against Sidney Crosby, him and Ryan Polak shut them down. So that's when the Adam Pellick head started going to games. It was there with me for the first time at game two versus the Penguins in 2019. And, you know, from there on out, uh, more and more people have reached out to me, asked where I got them. And, You know, you can go to any Islanders event, whether it's, you know, an outing at Barstool, excuse me, an outing at Borelli's or, um, you know, a a literal game at the Coliseum. You know, there's going to be cardboard heads everywhere. So uh, it's become something that everybody like kind of laughs at and shares. And, but, you know, a way, a unique way of showing support for a player that's a little bit more noticeable than, you know, a a jersey that, you know, you could see on 75% of fans on any given night.
0: And it must be humbling to see, the movement that you've created and see how unique it is. There are hundreds of people with these heads and it really shows the community that you've built. And hopefully in a couple months, there's going to be
1: hundreds more, you know, uh, going to keep, you know, keep increasing that number as best we can. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I expected that I could definitely, um, you know, make some people laugh and get a decent following on here. But, you know, three years ago, I, you know, as of March, 20, uh, 21, 22, excuse me, it'll be three years. So, you know, if you talked to me two and a half years ago, I would have said, you know, this is just, you know, for jokes. It's just something to mess around with. I really do like Pelic and I would like more people to recognize how good he is, but, you know, nothing big is going to come out of this. And here we are planning a massive outing that's designed to support a guy who's now getting league wide recognition as one of the best players in his position and the best player at his role. So, you know, I get tons of messages from people, you know, who are, you know, Winnipeg Jets fans, Boston Bruins fans, LA Kings fans that are like, wow, like, you know, your highlight videos, your story posts, you know, they really opened up my eyes as to, as to how good this guy is. And and that's one of the coolest parts is when you get people who have no connection to the Islanders. That's, that's one of my favorites.
0: You even have Maple Leafs fans in your comments. You have Penguins fans, you have Rangers fans, even respecting just how good Adam Pellick is and, I don't think that would have been possible without you. So everyone, please direct message Jake if you're interested in attending the outing. His username is at bathtubjake. That is one word, at bathtubjake on Instagram and Twitter. If you reach out to him, he'll arrange your seats. He'll get you at the outing. Tickets are only $75. It includes everything. It includes the food. It includes the head. It includes the picture on the ice and it includes your ticket with hundreds of other Adam Pelican Islanders fans. The price is increasing due to restrictions with the quantity of tickets we can get. So make sure that you get your tickets today. So Jake, any final things you want to say about the outing? Uh, We just, you know, the more the merrier. Uh, We just, um, we're so excited
1: about this. We couldn't believe the response we've gotten over the last three days where we're humbled and, you know, we're going to be counting down the days because it's going to be a night to remember, and we just want it to be a great experience for everybody involved. And I think the the cardboard heads are going to really just, like, kind of symbolize, you know, just what kind of night it was, just seeing hopefully 200 people waving those things around, you know, as Adam Pellick just skates onto the ice, you know, clapping and cheering every time he touches the puck, just
0: completely having a crazy time. And it's really a metaphor for the rise that Adam Pellick has had, because if you look at the 2017, 2018 season specifically, Adam Pellick was really struggling and he wasn't just struggling on the ice. You can tell that he was struggling to find a role playing every day. And he didn't really fit into Doug Wade's system. And I thought it was interesting because I've never seen a player ever in my life, in any sport score more own goals Than goals. And he did that. And I think that when that happened, when he had that rough season, fans almost gave up on him, but they forgot that he was the anchor on Connor McDavid's junior team. They forgot that he was a top pick for a reason. And they forgot that you're almost blaming the wrong person. Yes, he struggled, but the whole Islanders unit struggled. John Tavares' decision was looming over the team. And Adam Pellick was a victim of that. And Barry Trotz comes in, He sure has a few growing pains, but after that first season in that playoff run, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pullick shut down Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. And then since then, they've been unbelievably solid. I think personally, they're the best defensive pairing in hockey. And I know you agree. So it's pretty cool to see that it's a metaphor for Adam Pellick. We're having this outing, it's culminating as his following grows and people are starting to realize that Adam Pellick is not that old defenseman that scored more own goals than goals. He's a new defenseman that is probably the best defensive defenseman in hockey and one of the best D men in hockey in general.
1: And it really started, I think, uh, you know, the, like I said, I started trying to draw attention to it in that, you know, 18, 19 season in the later uh, months of it, but the pandemic and the season being cut off really sort of, Helped uh, our idea and, and the message that we were promoting about just how good he is. Cause he started off that, you know, 1920 season really hot and he was great. And we had that game against the uh, Florida Panthers where he played like 25 minutes, maybe more. And you got me and you were just going crazy the entire game. I remember you were like, anytime his shift would end and the next D pair came out, you would be like, only a minute until Adam Pellet comes back on the ice. And I was like, it was hysterical. And, You know, from that, you know, beginning of that season on, he was great. And we went 25, 10 and three with him in the lineup. He, you know, ruptures his Achilles and the Islanders fall off a cliff. They lose 20 out of 30 games without him in the lineup. And, you know, the season gets cut short and we get kind of gifted into a playoff position because we didn't have one at that point. And he comes back and we make the conference finals against the Stanley Cup champions. Like, you literally couldn't be more obvious. Anybody who had any doubts about how good he was, any fan of other teams that were, you know, unsure if it was, a, it was a joke or, you know, if he couldn't actually live up to the hype, people watching him during that playoff run and knowing, you know, that the Islanders fell off and they're asking why, why did this happen? And you look at the record, you look at the goals against, you look at the unblocked shots rate, you look at all this stuff, the expected goals against you look at all the underlying numbers and the Islanders are so much worse when Adam Pellick and Ryan pollock are not on the ice. And that persists till today, last season, uh, 2020, 2021, it was even more so Adam Pellick was a number one defenseman last season. For sure. The underlying numbers of PNP security, my nickname for Pellick and pollock were, you know, absolutely some of the best in the league. They were generating more high danger chances than You know, guys like Morgan Riley and his defensive partner and Tyson Berry and his defensive partner. And those guys are, you know, the best offensive defenseman in the show. So it it really, uh, it's undeniable now just
0: how good he is. And I find what you said interesting because... I like specific games with Adam Pellick. I think when you look at all the numbers, obviously they're a very good pairing. Pellick is a very strong defensive player. He's improving, but I think there are specific games where he has a moment that just symbolizes what he's grown into. And I want to go over two dates. You just mentioned one. That is October 12th, 2019. I don't even need to say who they were playing. And the other is March 30th, 2019. That was the season prior. And that was what many people know as Robin Leonard's playoff baby, but me and you know it for another reason too. So let's start with the Islanders Panthers game on October 12th, 2019. Adam Pellick played around 30 minutes. He got overtime shifts. He was the catalyst on Josh Bailey's goal. And I think that What really, really showcased that game for Adam Pellick was that was the start in my eyes of, okay, it's a new season. What Adam Pellick are we getting? And that was the game where it was very clear. Adam Pellick is not just a top defenseman on the Islanders. He's a top defenseman in the NHL.
1: Yeah, there's uh, that game was pretty insane. I remember he played like pretty much the entire third period too. It was just A defensive showcase. You were screaming Pelik poke over and over again all Mm -hmm. night. You were yelling, you know, only thirty seconds, only one minute until Adam Pelik's next shift. And every time he came onto the ice, me, you, and our group of like three or four other people would just stand up and start clapping and (laughs) saying, "Pelik's back! He's back! He's back!" and we would chant like just like the six of us and like the like the group of drunk guys like ten rows above us just joining us and screaming Adam Pellick. People were just in the upper row from those group of guys were just screaming Adam, just only Adam, just at the top of their lungs. It was bizarre, but it was it felt like the start of of something that game and it and it really like, the people around us were laughing, they were enjoying it, and you know, it was funny, it was um it was out there, but It was genuine too. You know, we were genuinely talking about something that was happening on the ice, something pretty awesome. He was, you know, having an incredible game. He was, you know, doing that, those classic neutrals on step-ups, those classic pinches, those interceptions, that perfect coverage, those block shots. He had an incredible shot, shot block on Mike Hoffman. I remember that we, I exploded for. So it was like a classic pellet game. And, And he, you know, he, he notched his first point, his first assist of the season. And it couldn't have been a better night to really put into my head exactly what could happen. I still remember your caption after the game. It was Adam Pelleg poked the Panthers into the lost column. Mm -hmm. And it couldn't have been more true. He even had a sick overtime. I remember he fell. The ice, everybody was falling that night. And he's by the blue line, ready to make an outlet pass. And he just slips. And you scream no <laughs> you stand up and scream no. You think somebody's gonna come by and like take the fucking score. And he got right back up and the, the period overtime period just ended safely. But it almost ended a disaster. But uh luckily the Panthers were gonna change, I remember. But um yeah, that was really um it's not the official start of the Pelic Posse night, but it, it is uh It is what I believe to be the moment that I thought there's something real happening here.
0: And last night, we saw a trivia question forming who scored the first goal in Seattle Kraken history. It will always go to Ryan Donato. That will be remembered for decades. Here's another trivia question for you, Jake. The Islanders had a 17-game point streak in the 2019-20 season. Which game started that point streak?
1: Florida Panthers versus New York Islanders.
0: It was. It was the game that Adam Pellick, essentially, along with Samyan Barlamov, stole for the Islanders. They were one in three going into that game. They had back-to-back losses. The Islanders did not look good. Adam Pellick steals the Islanders a win, and the Islanders get points in their next 17 games. So that just goes to show you, Adam Pellick represents the rise of the New York Islanders. When he plays well, the Islanders play well.
1: Yeah. I mean, so goes the team with Adam Pellick and Ryan Polak. Anytime those guys have, you know, make one mistake on a night and it costs them on the scoreboard, the Islanders are unlikely to win in that game. There's a ton of pressure on those guys to play perfect. And most nights they rise to that occasion, but, you know, we see it that on the nights that they don't have a hundred percent, the Islanders lean on them so heavily, perhaps more than any other pair in the league. Um, the Islanders, you know, last season, they didn't really have too many positive uh, expected goals for numbers with the other pairs on the ice. You know, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock are cruising into the high 50s and 60s in terms of percentages. So the Islanders, you know, lean on them extremely heavily. They are two of the best in the league at what they do. They're, they're not only defensive defensemen anymore either, you know, in terms of just being tasked with shutting down the top guys. They have that too, but they are able to do that by spending so much time in the other team's offensive zone, it's, it really is uncanny that they could really put those top players into no man's land where they don't feel comfortable. And it, it's why the Islanders are so successful. You know, Adam Pelick and Ryan Polak have honestly taken the role from the fourth line of being kind of the heartbeat, the trendsetters of this team.
0: So October 12th, 2019 was a big day. So was March 30th, 2019. Jake, what do you remember about that night?
1: I remember you and me sitting a couple rows off the ice with our friend. And I remember us doing very similar things to what we did October 12th in terms of going crazy for Adam Pellick, maybe not to his high a degree, but he played that level of of perfection that night. He even had an assist on Michael goal, which we thought was his. For a second, we weren't sure, but I believe the puck went off Michael Delco's shin pad on the rebound, but we were uh, very excited, and there was an, like a pellic dump-in that led to a goal too, that I remember putting on my story, and I remember, you know, as we were cheering and chanting his name, you, me, and our friend, uh, our friend James, uh, the person like, you know, two seats away from us was like, why the hell are you cheering for Adam pellic and I will always remember him because he looked like uh 2016 presidential candidate, Jeb Bush. Of <laughs> and uh, like really to tee. and by the end of the night, he was joining us. He was chanting Adam Pellick with us. And that night, I, you know, his daughter or, or somebody related to him ha- had said to us, you know, you guys should be called the Pellick posse. And I was like, that's pretty good. And then, <laughs> come the the florida panthers game next that next season was really when i was like okay let's do the pallet posse
0: that game to me was just so fun because we talk about symbolism but i love the islanders fan base i think that it's a very passionate group but i will say some people in the community lag behind on a variety of issues and i think that player development is one of them. Islanders fans are a year or two behind on realizing what Josh Bailey's new role is realizing that Adam Pellick is a good player, realizing that Michael Dow isn't going to be a 30 goal scorer anymore. Islanders fans are a little behind. And I think that it's a great fan base, but I don't think many people knew what Adam Pellick was on March 30th, 2019. I think fans were a little behind. And I think that game where even if it was just one section of people, realizing when you actually sit down, and I know you watch a lot of tape, when you sit down and watch Adam Pellick, it's not the glamour plays, it's not the sexy plays, it's just the stability on the back end that no one in the NHL matches. He is the most reliable, solid defenseman there is. And it took a little bit of time for Islanders fans to realize that.
1: Yeah. It's really the poise. It's the like stability. Like you said, it's that he doesn't crack under pressure, you know, his ability to escape four checkers, his ability to skate the puck out of the zone where he, you know, he used to, I remember a stat from like three years ago, like he Mayfield and Boychuk were like three of the guys who iced the puck the most in the league. And now Pelic like doesn't ice the puck much at all anymore. He's, he's much more comfortable with his stretch passing, much more comfortable carrying the puck. And you know I, I people see the way he uses his hands in the defensive zone now. Mm. He's got a sick pair of hands. he's got he's probably our best skating defenseman as of right now since Nick Letty's gone. I, I really think he's yes. the best defenseman in terms of skating. He's probably the fastest. Dobson will surpass him at some point. but as of right now, Adam Peck's our best skating defenseman. and it definitely took a while. I mean he he, you know, was a little more rigid, you know, during those older days. he was a little more, I think, you know, not sure of himself and and confidence, is a big piece of any athlete, every athlete will tell you that, that, you know, when you're feeling good about the way you're playing, you're going to play so much better. And half the battle is always mental with professional athletes. And I truly believe that Adam Pellick become a very confident player and for good reason. And, you know, when he and Ryan Pollock are out there, players know that it's going to be a very, very difficult time out there. And now the fans know it too. And that's the most important thing, you know, you see when he filed for arbitration, there was, you know, a massive panic in the Islanders fan base that like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? He's going to want so much money. This is going to be a nightmare. We're going to lose, you know, the, the person that allows us to win pretty much the games that we win. And, and so, yeah, there were definitely some growing pains in terms of what I was trying to do and people saying like, he's not that good, you know, he doesn't do much. And, you know, sometimes it's easy to say like on a whole scale, looking at a game you know you're just watching the big moments you know a big hit a a sexy goal a nice pass all that kind of stuff you know a a ripped shot everything you're not going to see that all the time with adam pellick and it's easy for people who are just watching the game for the goals and the and the final score to miss that but you know if you're watching the game to really enjoy hockey there are a few people who see the game better understand the game better and play the game better than pelly
0: pellick sees the game better than anyone that i know and I have to give credit to someone else who saw the game pretty well. That is Garth Snow because I felt on October 12th, 2019 that Adam Pellick is a top defenseman in the NHL. That was my personal epiphany. But on March 30th, 2019, my personal epiphany was Garth Snow protected Adam Pellick in the expansion draft. And at the time, a lot of people didn't understand that. A lot of people didn't get why that move was made. He had played 53 games at the time, but Snow knew that George McPhee, who previously worked for the Islanders, really liked Adam Pellick. And Garth Snow made the decision to protect the struggling defenseman with 53 games. And a lot of people question that. The Islanders wound up having to give up a first-round pick, a second-round pick. They wound up giving up a prospect, the contract of Mikhail Gorbosky, all to avoid getting a forward claimed because they protected Adam Pellick. It was this vicious domino effect that protecting Adam Pellick started. But on that night, on March 30th, 2019, I was sitting there and just realizing, wow, Adam Pellick didn't just deserve to be protected. He didn't just deserve that long-term extension that he got. He deserves to be up there with Robin Leonard getting the celebration tonight. He deserves to be up there with Barry Trotz and all the players on this team getting the recognition that the Islanders have clinched a playoff spot. So yes, if you look back at March 30th, 2019, I remember Robin Leonard and his iconic post-game interview. I remember Anthony Beauvillier scoring some goals. I remember Michael Dalcole getting one, but I also remember Adam Pellick playing a perfect game, us starting the Pellick posse and me remembering, wow, the Islanders protected Adam Pellick and it was 100% the right decision.
1: Yeah, it definitely ruffled some feathers back in the day and people don't understand why. And, you know, I was questioning it too. I think most people who, uh, you know, we're just watching the games from a game standpoint. We're like, all right, that's kind of unusual. Because I remember we didn't protect uh, Dehan in, in in the expansion. Mm-hmm. So I think that was where a lot of people were uh were like, really? Because I think Dehan was a pretty popular player, you know, amidst the injuries and stuff. People like the way he played and the way he sacrificed his body for the team. But uh it certainly was a shock to many people, and you know, no one's surprised now. And yeah, like uh I always refer to that, that appellate protection as, you know, Garth's last gift to the team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Garth Snow's fingerprints are all over the team we see now. And, you know, a lot of guys that he drafted, a lot of guys that he picked up, I mean, you know, his, his trade for Boychuk and Letty catapulted the Islanders into an era of legitimacy. I mean, you know, since 2015, I suppose we've made the playoffs more than we've missed them now. So we've, uh, you know, there were definitely some great moments under his, his uh, tenure as general manager that don't get enough credit and are really, you know, very important parts of the success we see right now. So in terms of the blue line, he obviously drafted exceptionally well, it's the best blue line in sports. And yes, uh, Barry Tross's system is all over that too, but the personnel, you still need the right people to operate the blueprints. I always believe, you know, so Garth snow, uh, his last gift was definitely protecting Adam Pellick and, uh, we should all be thanking him for it now. And he has an official invite to our posse outing.
0: Yes, he does. A reminder, the Pellick posse outing is January 21st Islanders coyotes. It comes with an Adam Pellick head. It comes with a picture on the ice and it also comes with food before the game. Jake, let's now move on. We just talked about Adam Pellick. We're going to continue to talk about Adam Pellick, but let's now move on to this season. The season begins Tomorrow. It begins Thursday, October 14th in North Carolina, Islanders, Hurricanes. And for the first time in my life, I'm a little uncomfortable that the Islanders are favorites. The Islanders are widely regarded as a top five team in hockey and are the second most popular Stanley Cup pick in the Vegas sportsbooks. That actually kind of scares me. I've never seen this team actually get the respect it deserves. Usually they get slept on. So that's interesting, but it's pretty cool taking all jokes aside that the Islanders are a legitimate Stanley cup contender and anything less than winning a Stanley cup will be considered a disappointment.
1: That's the good of it. I too. am like, what is this? What are people saying right now? (laughs) They should be saying we're missing the playoffs. Like this is not okay with me. I should, I should be saying like, dude, I used to like bookmark people's like comments saying the Islanders stink. So I could go back and rely on that level of petty. So like to see this, it's like, who am I going to mark down right yeah. now? And like, yeah, so it, it's totally weird. I am a little uncomfortable seeing it. I'm much like, I much prefer being doubted. I think it's part of the Islanders culture. I mean, you look at that classic picture of Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Nick Letty. And I think it was just the three of them wearing those, the prove people wrong sweatshirts, the hoodies. And it's like, that became such an iconic image, you know? And the fact that we were, you know, doubted against the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Penguins. We were doubted against the Washington Capitals and, and the Flyers and Tampa and the Bruins and the Penguins this year after we struggled late in the season this year. It's like it's part of that Islanders culture of like, you know, never say die. So it's a little bit it's a little bit weird. But at the end of the day, you know, they're in that spot for a reason. They've knocked it door the last two years i I really thought I didn't think twenty twenty was their year. I thought Tampa was too good, and I thought that you know needed to experience that you know I mean you see teams you know Tampa Bay made it to a Stanley cup final and lost before they you know ever won. they got swept in the first round by a wild card team before they won. they lost in the third round at least once before they finally won, so it's uh it, it, you know teams need these pains and these struggles to to learn what it takes to to get that far so i really thought this year was going to be it and it really hurt when they lost i think more than you know a- anything i've experienced in in, sp- in sports before uh but yeah i mean according to you know lou amarello and barry trotz who i've learned and grown not to not to doubt and not to mistrust they've uh They say they're, you know, more confident in this team than ever before. They feel this team is deeper than ever before. And I'm inclined to believe them. And I mean, we, people are saying, you know, I I don't know if we have the, you know, the, the firepower, the guy, you know, the the score we need, the New York Islanders were one goal away from, in my opinion, winning the Stanley cup, or at least, you know, two goals away, you can call it, but um, they were one goal away from winning the Stanley cup without their leading goal scorer for that year, which was Anders Lee. So, you know, whatever people say, you know, they don't have enough, I just reply those two words, Anders Lee. And uh I really hope, you know, Paul Mary and Wallstrom can uh, replace Jordan Everly in the aggregate. I'm a huge Everly guy. I know the fan base kind of grew a little bit cold to Jordan Everly for whatever reason. Um I never personally understood it. But uh, you know, that's a really tough loss and one I don't think the Islanders fans are valuing enough and Remember when I posted about it, I said, let's just make no mistake here. The Islanders, right now, since looting Jordan Everly, are a much worse team than they were 24 hours ago. But they have Palmieri, they have Wallstrom, who's going to be a stud. So I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic and cup or bust.
0: I thought that was a bad hockey move. I think that the Kraken were making these weird selections i think if you protected josh bailey and jordan eberle if you're lou lamarillo you have to assume they're not taking matt martin on a four-year 1.5 a year $1 million dollar contract and they probably weren't going to take cal clutterbuck they got that player in brandon tanev you're expecting to lose in Otto Coivilla, Kiefer bellows i just don't think that the islanders handled that expansion draft in the most correct way because you lose jordan eberle You replace him with Kyle Palmieri, who's very similar to Anders Lee. I think that was a concern for me. I really do think that's a concern. And that, in my opinion, is one of the two most excited things I'm looking forward to seeing the Islanders work out. They're not bad. It wasn't a bad move. It was just a questionable one. The Islanders are going to figure it out. They're going to make a trade deadline acquisition. They're going to give Wallstrom the playing time he deserves. Something's going to happen. It's going to be fine. But I'm interested to see how does that top line mesh with Anders Lee and Kyle Palmieri playing similar roles as net front presences next to Matt Barzell. And then the other storyline I'm I'm excited to see this year is Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock are elite. They're studs. But behind them this year, what once was an elite decor now has two players over 38 and two players that might not fit perfectly with them. How is that decor behind Pellick and Pollock going to work? Are you going to see Zdeno Chara look slow in what is his one millionth NHL season? Are you going to see Andy Green potentially slow down? Although, in my opinion, he was absolutely perfect last year. So I'm interested to see how these two roster moves play out. How will the Islanders' top line do without Jordan Eberle? And how will the Islanders' defense do without Nick Letty?
1: There's never a day goes by where I don't think how much better this team would be without with devontase and if we never traded him i, I mm. loved him i remember that day like sitting in the corner of my room saying this, this can't be like yeah. i was i was deeply deeply affected by that trade anyway. <laughs> and my brother's like this is great something big's gonna happen we're putting out money and classic islanders fashion clearing out money never leads to anything big it just leads to the same the same kind of things and yeah, I've been, I've been a little shell shocked since then, you know, I never have truly recovered from this taste trade, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm definitely very interested in seeing how Palmieri and Lee play together. I think Palmieri is, um, I think he's a little more creative than people give him credit for. He's actually got a nice pair of hands and he, he's got a good shot. It's not just all about the deflections and in tight stuff. You can really rip from, you know, I think within like 30 feet, but you know, he's not like. Uh, you know jordan everly was in terms of hands in terms of creation in terms of creating space but he's better than everly in operating within tight space and he certainly was the better performer in the playoffs you know so uh, i've talked to people and they're like you know what i don't mind a guy you know everly people can criticize him for being soft and i think they you know have they there's some you know weight to that argument and people i've talked to like yeah everly might be better on paper but you know, I prefer a guy who throws some elbows and yeah. rocks some people in the corner in the playoffs than, you know, Jordan Eberle's finesse. So, yeah, I'm intrigued. I, I I always said I would much rather see Wallstrom in that spot and me too. use the third line. as kind of a shutdown line like they were in that in that Boston Bruins series of Pajot, Jack, and Wallstrom. That was uh, absolutely awesome. Uh, Jack and Palmieri, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and see, Wallstrom on that top line spot is kind of the, the trigger man, all the setup man, and obviously Andersley in and that cleanup crew mm, role That's front. a perfect line. Exactly. Doesn't get better than that in terms of, you know, each guy being comfortable to do what they need to do. And then the blue line, yeah. Um, Noah Dobson is going to be one of the best defensemen in hockey in short order. There's, mm-hmm. there's no debating that. There's no doubt about that in my heart. Noah Dobson is just fantastic. He's got all the tools. He's incredibly smart. He's incredibly skilled just needs to put those final pieces together and stop waiting so long to shoot on the power play. But other than that, he's going to be an incredible hockey player. And yeah, uh, you know, Zdeno Char hasn't had the best preseason, but you know, Kyle Palmieri also put up two goals in 17 games before putting up seven in the playoffs. So I'll, I'll hold on to my reservations about Char, no matter even if they are burning in my chest a little bit. And I do have them. Um, Andy Green, like I said, gets a bad rap sometimes amongst Islander fans. Andy Green plays a sound, perfect game, most nice. He doesn't do anything crazy. He doesn't do anything cool. But Andy Green rarely gets beat. You rarely see Andy Green at the fault of any goals. So Andy Green plays his 16 minutes a night. He plays them to perfection, in my opinion, like you said. And, and yeah, I, would, I hope he and Chara kind of split the time. Mayfield's obviously going to be good you know at this point Mayfield's 28 29 years old we know what we're getting out of Scott Mayfield that's not changing he's still going to be the guy that protects the stars he's still going to be the guy that protects his goalie he's a good player he's a tough player and I'm a big Sebastian Ajo guy I was 100 percent for signing Eric Gustafson bringing him into the team unfortunately there was not enough cap space um But, you know, if the other option is Sebastian Ajo, then I am super optimistic. I love him. I love the way he moves the puck. I love the way he shoots the puck. So I would like to see him in the lineup on a regular to, you know, semi-regular to regular basis.
0: One thing I learned when covering the Islanders for the New York Post this summer was you never want to focus in on the micro. You never want to make the micro the macro. You always want to report the story that people want to hear. And I think it's so interesting that we could probably sit here for 10 hours and talk about the Islanders 15th, 16th, and 17th forward in eighth and ninth defensemen, And I think that is interesting. I think that that is unique, but I think it goes to show you that what Barry Trotz and Lou Amarillo are saying in regards to this being the deepest team they've ever had, it's true. And that's why I'm not worried. Yes, I do think this team would be better with Jordan Everly instead of Kyle Palmieri. Yes, I think this team would be better. If they traded Nick Letty a year earlier and found a way to kept Devontae's, was looking like a potential Norris Trophy winning defenseman with the Avalanche. But I don't really care because I just feel like they're going to figure it out. The Islanders are just going to figure it out. And that's the story for me. It's not who is the player figuring it out. It's that the team, the companionship, the camaraderie will just triumph above all adversity. That's the confidence I have in this team. Not worried about one or two players because there's 17 forwards and nine defensemen that could suit up on an NHL roster right now in the Islanders organization. And that's a pretty exciting place to be. So we can look at these little storylines all we want. And I think they're really interesting to discuss. But at the end of the day, the Islanders are the Islanders. They're not a bunch of individuals. They're a bunch of people that come together for the team. And I'm so excited to see that team thrive this year.
1: Yeah, you know, it gets to a certain point where you know we we can question the lineup. And my, I was talking to my friend the other day, and he said, you know, I feel like we have this discussion every year about who's going to make the team. You know, how many extra whatever forwards, defensemen we have, who should be in this spot. I'm not sure if this is going to work. But for the last three years, we've said that the Islanders have made the playoffs. They've been impressive in the playoffs. And you know, last year I think they should have won the Stanley Cup. It's it's a real shame, but. You know, this year, hopefully, they put themselves in the same position with an opportunity to win it again. And yeah, like I said, you know, I think they're they're gonna figure it out as always. That's the confidence I have in the team. That's the confidence I have in the management. And you know, I know how badly the players want to win. You know, you've seen Matt Barzell crying the last past two mm-hmm. years. You know, you saw remember Brock Nelson, you know, burying his face in his hands, uh, at the uh in the in the interview after this season, um. You, know, you have guys like uh, Andy Green, who's long in the tooth, and he's never won a Stanley Cup. You know, Josh Bailey isn't exactly a young guy in this league anymore. And there's Lee's hitting thirty. Brock Nelson is twenty nine. So you know, this team they have guys that are you know starting to wonder if it's not this year, when will it be? And so you know, I, I never, will, I'm not going to question this team's hunger at all because I think they're the hungriest team in the league. Uh, up there, you know, with Vegas and Colorado in terms of pure desire and pure will to win Mm. the cup, you know, in the last two years, uh, you know, maybe Vegas, but no real team has sniffed the cup more than the New York Islanders and not won it.
0: Wow, Jake, that just hits really hard because I think just from looking at this team in a variety of different ways, It's tough to take a step back and it's tough to just look at the analytics and look at the numbers and look at how far the Islanders have made it the last two years. But the Islanders conceivably were a combined 10 to 15 minutes of mistakes away from winning two Stanley Cups. If Andrew Ladd and Ryan Pullick don't have that defensive letdown in game two against Tampa, maybe they win that series if they don't give up two goals in a minute they probably win that series. One overtime goal that year, Brock Nelson misses a breakaway, and then they give up one shorthanded goal, and they make a few mistakes, and that's what it comes down to. And I think the Islanders remember every single mistake. They remember every single play. They don't harp on it. They don't dread over it. I don't think Casey Sezekis is looking back at the glory days of scoring 20 goals in that one season or at the mistake he made in a playoff game, but he remembers it and he's using those as a lesson for this season. So the Islanders are very unique. It's almost therapeutic listening to Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trott because yes, hockey is their lives. Hockey is everything, but they're using it almost as a metaphor for life in that this team represents something we're all going through. And I think that this is the year that many expect they get over the hump. It's Stanley Cup or bust. And that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure to put on a team. But when you look at the last two seasons, there is no team that has had a better two seasons than the Islanders, than the Tampa Bay Lightning. They lost their entire third line and they looked terrible in their first game against Pittsburgh on Tuesday night. There is no team besides the Lightning that deserved the last two years more. And I think the Islanders remember that they know that they should have probably won a Stanley cup if they made a few less mistakes. And I think they're going to use that as a lesson for this year and realize that if we cut down on those few mistakes, they're going to win a Stanley cup this year. And it's that simple.
1: Every loss is a learning experience. And look at the Washington capitals. They lost the Pittsburgh penguins in you know, the second or first two to three years two, three times before they finally won the Tampa Bay lightning. Like I said, you know, they made, uh, they made, you know, the conference final and lost, they lost in the first round. They made the Stanley cup final and lost before they finally got their win. The Boston Bruins have been in the playoffs since 2000, since the two thousands. And, you know, they've won one Stanley cup. It is not easy to do at all. It is. It's incredible. You know, the, the losses you have to endure just to get back and, and, and to learn from those mistakes and to grow from them. And, And the Islanders, like I said, you know, you can't question their desire. You know, you can question a lot of things about the Islanders. Are they the most skilled team in the league? No. You know, you know, are they the most, you know, dynamic team in the the uh, league? Are they the most fast team in the league? No. But I I think they are the most willed team in the league. They have the biggest hearts in the league. And, you know, they've played a lot of hockey in the last two years. You know, more than most teams, more than 95% of teams, they have played more hockey. And, you know, whether they, you know, learn from those lessons and learn from those mistakes, that'll be this year to tell. And, you know, like most people are saying, this is the year, you know, it's now or never. And uh, there's nothing I want more in my life than an Islander Stanley Cup right now. It it would just, I just want to be
0: in a parade. There's family, there's friends, there's love, there's a home, there's an Islanders winning the Stanley Cup. That would mean so much for many people. So Jake,
1: it's above it all for me.
0: <laughs> I think it's above everything for many people. I know many fans that would trade so many things, such an unbelievable amount of money, such an unbelievable amount of possessions just mm. to experience that, that glory of watching their team win a Stanley cup
1: especially, you know, uh, it being so close, like the recovery time for a loss like that, it, it shell
0: shocked you. Months. It was about yeah. a month.
1: Yeah, it really was. Um, and this year, it just felt like the stars were aligning for them. I mean, Tristan Jari literally handing the series to us on a platter, metaphorically and literally. <laughs> and then, you know, David Pasternak missing that wide open net in game four. Marshan missing an open net in game five. Ryan Pollock save at the goal line. Like it, it just felt like, okay, you know, if I was looking at any other team right now, I'd be saying, okay, it's their year, but you know, naturally I'm, you know, you're more skeptical about your own team. So it really like looking back, it's like, Oh my God, like we were in such a state of bliss. Think about, I think about myself coming home from Pirelli's after game five against Boston. And it just being one of the best nights of my life. And you know, you and I always say that the top moments of our our lives—how many of them involve the New York Islanders? And it's so true,
0: so true indeed, Jake. And there's going to be another great moment, January 21st, the Pellic Posse official outing, sponsored by Bath of Jake and Drive for Five. That is going to be exciting. Seventy-five dollars. Get your tickets before prices go up. It is going to be such a fun night. We're going to have. Pelic heads. We're going to have food before the game, a picture on the ice. And of course, you're going to get to sit with everyone in the Pelic posse. Get your tickets today. You do not want to miss out because when the Islanders are pushing for that Stanley cup, that's going to be a really beautiful moment in the middle of it that we will remember forever. And Jake, I'm going to remember this podcast for a long time. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me here on believe in Islanders. Thank you. Always believe, always believe in the Islanders. That was Bathtub Jake. Get your tickets now for the Pelic Posse official outing and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode of Believe in Islanders. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.